I want to address a couple of important concepts that I think the audience um, has overwhelmingly responded to. This is a bonus episode intended to deal with the criminal justice system and some of the thoughts I have having been through it literally from the inside out. I want to address two specific adjustments that I think if they were brought before legislative committees and brought before Congress and then passed into law could make a huge difference in the fairness of our criminal justice system. And I want to address those specifically. And and I'm listen, I, I, I don't have a foundation dedicated to righting the wrongs of the criminal justice system. This is just me, one guy, having been through the system with some observations. And so I just want to make that clear. These are the two observations that, because I had a lot of time to think about this, obviously. And uh, I, I, want to, I want to address this because I think if we could get enough people interested in these two concepts, I, I think it can make a big difference to people in the future that sadly will go through this system. Number one, and this is a big one, uh, the grand jury... There's a huge misconception about grand juries because they are secret. You should Google the term grand jury and you'll realize that grand juries manage many indictments and they're called as members of the community for an extended period of time. Sometimes it's six months, sometimes it's a year, sometimes it's as much as 18 months. And a grand jury is anywhere from 12 to 18 members. And they are members of the community that are summoned to the grand jury. And if they agree to serve, Prosecutors, plural, bring many indictments before them. And what's interesting is the subject of the indictment, which is the target of an investigation, is not aware that a grand jury is meeting because they meet in secret. Now, the Department of Justice and the criminal justice system itself will tell you that the reason it's secret is to protect the target and to protect the defendant just in case the grand jury does not indict. Now, I will tell you that is completely ridiculous. And here's my suggestion for a solution to this unfair element of the system. Let's just say the grand jury has been paneled. Let's say the prosecutor brings forth an indictment to that grand jury. The way it works now is the prosecutor presents his or her case to that grand jury. They present it persuasively. It's presented as a narrative from their perspective. The FBI has concluded their investigation or at least as far enough along to put the things in place, evidence in place to present to a grand jury. And a grand jury always indicts. Now, there will be people who resist this idea, but I actually interviewed a grand jurist who told me in 18 months, there wasn't one single indictment presented that they did not grant. They indicted every single case. And she said to me, James, had you been present for the grand jury presentation as the target of your indictment, we as a grand jury would have asked you questions after the prosecution presented their case. We'd have asked you some questions. 
And if you didn't want to be there, we, you could have had your representation there, your lawyer. And your lawyer would have been asked some questions. And this can still be secret. It can still be private. It can still be not known to the community. So you're protecting the, the potential innocence of the target, which is why grand juries meet in secret and why jur- grand jury transcripts are kept in secret. And that secrecy cloaks the prosecutor's narrow narrative. It, it hides it. And even the defendant can't get access to the grand jury's presentation because the prosecutor doesn't want them to see it. The prosecutor doesn't want the target to see it. And that's the problem. If a target's going to defend himself, if a criminal defendant is going to properly defend himself, he's got to know all the presentation that was presented. And, And they're simply in the dark on that. So the prosecutor gets to do that under the dark of night in secrecy under the auspice or under the idea or the premise that secrecy protects the target's best interest. That is ridiculous. And so my suggestion for a solution is, if you're the target of an indictment and there's going to be a grand jury paneled to discuss you, you should have the right to be present for that presentation. You should have a right to be questioned by the grand jury. The grand jurist that I interviewed said to me, I don't know, James, that we would have indicted half of the people we indicted. I have no idea how many people are in jail today because of our indictments. Now that I know an indictment leads to a 96% conviction rate, I don't really know how many people are in jail today who are innocent. I just don't know. She says, but had you been there to answer questions? Had your attorney been there to answer questions? We would have had the other side of the discussion. We would have at least had a fair shot in making the best decision in the interest of justice. And so that's recommendation number one. Let the target of the grand jury panel be noticed that there's a date and your presentation will occur on this date. You have the right to be present. And if if you don't want to be present, you have the right to send your attorney. That is an easy fix. And that's my suggestion. Suggestion number two. And this is the big one. This is the hammer that the Department of Justice uses to convict 96% of all their indictments. And the 4% who dare have the hubris, the arrogance to go to trial against the United States government, 86% of those end up found guilty by jury. So there really is no shot once the indictment occurs. So here's my suggestion number two. Suggestion number two is real simple. If you're ever going to offer me a plea deal, the very first plea deal you offer me is the most amount of time I could face if I choose to go to trial and am found guilty. In other words, If a plea deal is really in the interest of judicial efficiency, it's in the, this is what the Department of Justice says. This is what prosecutors say. This is what judges say. This is what officers of the court say. The plea deals, which occur 90% of the time, the plea deals are in the interest of judicial efficiency. We don't want to waste the court's time. We don't want to spend a lot of money unnecessarily when this fella knows he's guilty, 
Well, that also is ridiculous. Let's just say you've got a guess on the guilt of the target that you've investigated. And it's a guess. You don't really know. You just think so. You've done your investigation. You think so. We don't have video surveillance. There's, there's no video imagery. Now, if you've got somebody dead to rights and it's, it's obvious they're guilty and it's obvious to everybody they're guilty, it's not guessing. It's not manipulating a jury. It's not trying to make people feel bad and ashamed. And so you find somebody guilty. You actually have evidence the man's guilty. All right. If you got that, then the guy knows he's guilty. And so he's going to want to plea instead of wasting time, right? And so they'll offer a deal. And when they offer that deal to a guilty person, they're willing to take it. But if you offer that deal to an innocent person, they don't want to take it. Let's get serious. An innocent person doesn't want to take a plea deal because they're not guilty. And so if you offer an innocent person a plea deal, they know they're innocent, so let that amount of time that you offered be the most amount of time that they could get if they went to trial to clear their name. And let them take the chances with a jury of their peers. And then the worst case scenario is the plea deal. See, right now, the way it works is this, and this is pathetic. In my case, I was facing 28 to 31 years because of the amount of money that people lost and the enhancements that the government was adding to the counts. And so if they offered me a plea deal of 11 years, which I believe was the first deal they offered, that would be the benchmark for the most I would face if I took my case to trial and, and chose to clear my name. I know that the risk is 11, not 31. See, the, the sentencing guidelines are so strong, they're so high, they're so extreme that the plea deals that get offered are such a discount that innocent people are not just tempted. Innocent people are willing to go into court and say they're guilty because they can't face 31 years. They can't face 20 years. They can't face 17 years. So innocent people every day, every day, in the criminal justice system are saying, okay, I'll say I did it. I'll agree with your narrative. I'll sign your statement of facts. I'll stand before the judge. I'll put my arm to the square and I'll let the judge know I did it. Please give me the discounted time that I've agreed with. And this is happening, guys. This is happening. Those are my two suggestions. I think these, these two suggestions, I have no power to fix. I have no power to make the changes. But if you made them, it wouldn't jeopardize the beauty of our criminal justice system. It wouldn't jeopardize what we believe is close to a great system. It's so close. It really is so close. And it is better than other countries. But I've not been to other countries. I've not been tried in other countries. But I'm pretty sure with, with, with my cursory study of other systems, ours really is the best. But man, don't it, it, are, are we trying to compete against third world countries? Why, why don't we just make it better? Why don't we make it as good as it can be? Why, why are we satisfied? Well, we're the best. When we compare ourselves to terrible places, we're the best. Well, that's not necessarily the best way to judge things. Why don't we just try to be as good as we can be? These two suggestions are important.
let the target of your investigation show up for a grand jury. Let's fix that, guys. Let's fix that. And secondly, if you're going to offer a plea deal in the interest of judicial efficiency, then let that be the, the high watermark for the most amount of time that person could face. If they elect, because in their gut, they know their facts, they know they're innocent, and they know that a jury of their peers may agree with them. Let that be the high watermark. Don't let the criminal uh, statutes, the, the, the sentencing guidelines, which are so burdensome, so unfairly high, don't let that be the hammer with which prosecutors get to negotiate because they'll always get the guilty plea. They'll get the guilty plea with the guilty. They'll get the guilty plea with the innocent. And that is not the best system we can offer. This is James Cattles with Inside Out Bonus Episode, Season 2. And that concludes Season 2 of Inside Out. Inside Out is owned exclusively by Inside Out Media, LLC. I've been your host, James Catledge. I want to thank all those who participated in not only the production of this podcast, but all the contributions, both the court, all the officers of the court, all the record keepers, all the journalists, and all my friends who were such a big part of making this a great success. Thanks so much for being here. Look forward to sharing season three with you. Of course, I'll still be your host. This is James Cadledge. Thank you.